Hello and welcome to another episode of Shell's Collectives, the podcast. The intent and purpose of my show are to discuss things I like, which you may also like in the world of tech, gadgets, gaming, and much, much more. I am your host, Shells. On today's topic, I want to continue my focus on the much, much more side of things as it pertains to mental health and self-care and discuss from my perspective what it means to play the game with regards to your job career as a black woman. So I recently attended a virtual event through my employer where several black female guest panelists were posed with a series of questions about career. One question in particular that was posed was, how do you maintain your mental health in the corporate world where you constantly have to play the game to get ahead? Oh, let me be honest. It was my question that I asked because I was curious to know their thoughts. And some of the responses received gave off vibes of the basic corporate response, you know, so not as to ruffle any feathers of anyone who might be on the call and take offense if you were to honestly say what you wanted to say, but how the ever. Some of the other responses range from having to simply learn to take ownership for what it is you really want within the corporate workspace, from reaching out to specific individuals who you feel most comfortable talking to, or just taking your seat at the table and talking shop, whatever that means. And now all that sounds great in theory, or maybe easier said than done. But really, how does doing those things help accomplish or satisfy your mental health as a black woman in corporate America as we know it today? So my audience, you already know I love to research additional information online as it relates to my discussion topics. And in doing so for this episode, I came across an article by H.R. Dye from February 10th of this year, where the reporter discusses, and I quote, how one collective seeks to protect black women at work. I'll link the article in the description for further read if you're interested. But in the article, the discussion centers around Dr. Angelica Getter, who is the chief strategy officer for BWHI, or better known as the Black Women's Health Imperative. Her study or work focuses on one main stressor Black women face in the workplace, and that's psychological safety. Dr. Getter says that the BWHI initiative provides a toolkit called ART, or the Anti-Racism Toolkit for Wellness, and that it was created with the intention of helping Black women practice healing and self-care while they navigate discrimination in the workplace. In a world in which we live today, where Black women are the most feared and the most educated creatures on the planet, having to play the game and play it best whether we're playing against others that look like us, other women in general, and definitely playing the game with Black and white men, this initiative by Dr. Getter sounds quite interesting, and I'd love to hear more about it, but from her perspective. So maybe I can get her as a guest speaker on a future podcast. That'd be pretty cool. Well, we'll see how this plays out. But anyway, having to navigate through workspaces as a black woman can sometimes feel, or maybe it's just me, like an abusive relationship that you just can't get out of or get away from. Because bills come a-calling and knocking all day long. However, I found an interesting article published on LinkedIn from November of 2018 called The Five Signs You're in an Abusive Employment Relationship and What to Do About It. 
they list those five signs as the following. Number one, the employer increases their control over you. And what this means from a working perspective is that the employer can reduce your autonomy, implements micromanagement tactics, tightly controls your movements, put controlling mechanisms in place to restrict your freedoms or decision-making abilities that have little to no logic or reasoning behind it. Yeah, I've experienced all that. Number two, you are criticized and demotivated. And what this means from a workplace perspective is that your employer puts you on a performance plan, withholds perks and benefits, delays promotions, or devalues you and what you may bring to the organization. And although I've never been on a performance plan, I have definitely had former managers who withheld perks because I refused to kiss their ass. Even most recently, I had someone put on my review that I had an attitude and didn't like talking to people. Man, stop. Anyway, number three. You feel trapped. What this means from a working perspective is that you, the employee, begin to doubt your ability to move on and get another job. Oh my God, this is me every day. Whew, depression, anxiety begin to impede your ability to be successful in interviewing for other opportunities. Feeling like or wearing an imaginary badge of perfectionism, hello, that's me, and being too embarrassed to walk away, especially after you put in 10 or more years with an organization. That whole loyalty thing is for the birds. Number four, you find yourself making excuses for poor behavior. What this means is the belief that things will get better with new leadership, new colleagues, better training, etc. Nope, not that I've seen. Number five, you believe the organization will train, change, excuse me. What this means from a work perspective is falling into what's called the Stockholm Syndrome. The extent of believing that things will get better or that this is only temporary. Yeah, I've been there, still there, done that, still doing that. Whew, this is turning into a mini counseling session for me. But these reasons alone, and there may be many, many more, are why I said, and it's confirmed via the article, that employment can be like an abusive relationship. And you combine all five factors I just discussed, along with microaggression, undervaluing, underpaid, discrimination, racism, gender inequality that black women face daily in corporate workspaces, then you can see, if you really open your eyes, that it, the effect that it has on someone's mental health. But let's take a step back for a second. What are microaggressions? By definition, they are the daily, verbal, behavioral, or environmental slights, whether they be intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative attitudes towards stigmatized or culturally marginalized groups. Can you honestly say you haven't faced this? Be honest. Okay, I'll go first. Yes, yes, yes. Hell yes, still do. So now that we know all that, what can be done to help sustain mental health in the workplace for black women? Is it as easy as having a great work-life balance, working in an open, honest, inclusive employer, seeking therapy on a regular basis? I don't know. Maybe these will work, but here's some more interesting information I found that may be useful in this area. But first, let's check the stats. Did you know that 34% of black and minority ethnic women have experienced racist jokes or so-called banter at work? Yep. I can specifically recall a manager from years ago making a joke related to black people, and he thought it was funny because he thought he could relate. Dude, sit your goofy ass down. 
And while another 32% say they've actually been bullied or harassed at work. Of those percentages I just recited to you, the top issues black women face in workplaces are microaggressions that I spoke of earlier, including racism, inequality in pay, and the overall pressure to perform. Following those issues, then getting misogyny, harassment, unequal pay, and getting a seat at the table. Now that last part, getting a seat at the table, whoo. If you recall early on, I mentioned a virtual event I attended, but one of the guest panelists gave her interpretation of getting a seat at the table. And she said that in the current marketplace of corporate jobs, there is now more room and more ability for black women or people of color in general to get and have a seat at the table. Now, I'm not sure how true that is, or maybe it was just her experience, but every organization that I've seen, when you look at the CEO to the top executives to the board members, I rarely see black women in multiples sitting at the table unless it is considered a wholly owned black organization. But back to what black women can do to protect their sanity, mental health, and afford themselves some self-care. According to a therapist by the name of Aisha Gordon-Hiles, she suggested the following, and I'll just mention a few here. She says, for self-care of the mind, attend virtual therapy with a black therapist. No offense, but for a black therapist, it is best to go to someone that looks like you so that they understand your overall perspective. And number two, listening to enriching podcasts. Hey, like mine. Hey, please like, share, and subscribe. Number three, Talk with trusted friends or family about how you're feeling. But be careful with this one because you could potentially throw yourself into a more negative pit of mental abuse on top of your workplace mental abuse. Self-care of the body. She recommends dancing, singing, hugging your family. Self-care of the spirit. She recommends meditation, positive affirmations, you know, You remember the show, Being Mary Jane, where Gabrielle Union wrote these affirmations on these post-it notes and put them all over her house? Yeah, I've done that. I probably need to do it again. But that may be something to do. It's pretty fun. Number three, allowing yourself time to scream and shout and express your frustrations. Just stand out in front of your house and just scream. Hopefully you don't get arrested. But hey, you know, do what you got to do. Now for protecting your mental and physical well-being in the workplace, it's suggested to do these. Report any and all issues of racism. Now, just as we now record police brutality, I'm not sure how much or how well this will work. But hey, it's an option. Say no and set boundaries. Definitely, if your manager's trying to put more on you than you're able to do, uh, no, in a professional way, you know. Give yourself permission to be you. Doodle. You know, just draw something at your desk. Take breaks. I take mine. Drink plenty of water. I do that as well. And stay connected to your breathing. But at the end of the day, it is the black woman that has to make the conscientious decision whether to play the game, get a seat at the table while employing all of these various tactics that I've suggested here. But will this solve the underlying issue? No. Your mental health is amongst everything else takes precedent over all of this drama. 
You know, like Mary said, no more drama. Okay, I told y'all before I couldn't sing. But for far too long, black women have had to hold on to the narrative, I am a strong black woman. Being strong and black and a woman comes at the expense of having no one else to care for you in the same way that you have to care for them. It comes at the expense of never having to show emotion to avoid being labeled as difficult or already being known as the angry black woman. Honestly, this is a topic that will always have stats, recommendations, suggestions of what can be done. But the reality is nothing ever changes. We just learn to adapt and normalize behaviors even after they're called out. I applaud recent athletes Simone Biles and Naomi Okasa for taking a stand if for no one else but themselves to say, hey, I need a break. But even in just those situations, you saw the backlash against them, but they stood their ground and did what was best for them. Mental health is no laughing matter. Self-care is very important on a daily basis. If nothing else, do what's best for you. But don't ever sacrifice your mental health just to get a seat at the table, only to be unheard, dismissed, undervalued, and underpaid. So let's move the narrative to breaking down the table, tearing it apart, and rebuilding our own table, and playing by our own rules. Well, my friends, that's it for today's episode. I hope that you enjoy and could gain some insight out of everything that I said today for either yourself or someone that you know. Until next time, thank you for taking the time out of your day to tune into my podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And as a last request, please comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe to my podcast now streaming on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thank you for listening to Shelves Collectives, the podcast. And until next time, bye-bye.